0: fit let's go hello there my fit fizz friend welcome back to the fit fizz podcast once again this is coming out a little bit late because as soon as i sent out the last episode my computer decided it needed a new battery so i had to get it sent out but we're back in working order so next week should resume on the normal wednesday schedule but How are you doing? I hope you're doing awesome. I hope you've had a great week so far. As I'm recording this right now, I'm feeling pretty great, but also pretty sore from basically my calves down, my calves and my shins and my feet are very sore, and my neck. And that is because Yesterday was the performance um, at the Chicago Bulls game. Just wrapped up the whole exciting weekend of the Chicago Lovables 40th anniversary reunion. And it was nothing short of epic. I hate to just use that word epic, but it felt epic. Um, (laughs) And there were hundreds of girls dancing on the court. It was pretty great. I got to uh, see my niece, Ava. She was there with her dad, my brother-in-law, Ethan. He took her to the game. They were in the second row. It was so exciting. That was her first Bulls game. And uh, it was super cool to relive old times, to see people I hadn't seen in years. And most of all, it was just quite a rush to once again experience that pure adrenaline high of dancing on the Chicago Bulls court. I really don't even know the best words to describe it. As I was talking with some of the other dancers, some of my former teammates about it afterwards, we all certainly experience similar feelings. And it's it's definitely a feeling of passion for doing something that feels like it's really like just pumping through our blood. But we were all saying how that feeling of performing, it's almost like an animal coming back to life that kind of overtakes our body. And we certainly had a blast at the after party, too, with had a DJ in a bar and, of course, dancing, um, which was almost something like I'd never experienced before. In the best way. So imagine the most hype, most fun wedding reception that you've ever been to. But then imagine if all of the guests were, or nearly all of the guests, were professional dancers at some point. Um, the dance floor definitely got a little bit wild and it was so much fun. I don't even know the right words. But um, most of the dates and husbands kind of shied away a little bit and just kind of let the ladies take control because we're all used to dancing big. My college friends, when we used to go dancing, they'd just call me, they'd call me a big dancer, but that's how we all dance. <laughs> like I was saying, for the husbands and the dates that were there, they, I think it was a few, few notches out of their comfort zone, but we certainly had a blast. And it was really like the first time that we, as dancers, got to dance together outside of choreographed performances. So I'm so glad I went. And today is back to normal life. So, now I'm going to get a little bit more serious. And this is something that unfortunately has had a little bit of an overlap with some of my experiences on dance teams in the past. And it's something that still carries a lot of undeserving stigma and shame, which also creates undue pressure on anyone dealing with it. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about eating disorders and disordered eating. Last week was Eating Disorders Awareness Week, and although I have had some professional training on eating disorders and disordered eating, none of the content here is intended to treat, cure, heal, or diagnose, and I want to share this mainly for the people who have never known someone with an eating disorder. When I first started teaching fitness classes in college, I was lucky enough to work under someone who, she was our director, and she made sure that we all got yearly training on eating disorders and what to do or say if we thought we might have a client or a participant in one of our classes who might be struggling with an eating disorder. So keep in mind, this is a very simplified overview, but there are some points that I really want to make and things I want to clarify and things I want to help make you more aware of if you want to make sure you're not contributing to anyone's inner struggle over their relationship with food, I hope to maybe open your eyes a little bit wider to how vastly it can spread. And there's a large number of people dealing with it. And this is not just women, although 90% of people diagnosed with an official eating disorder are women. Um, and it's been a while since I checked that st- statistic. So. It could be slightly off. But um, the first point I want to make is that there's a difference between eating disorders and disordered eating. I hear and read things where those two terms are used interchangeably by fitness people, and that is not okay. It's really frustrating for me to be a bystander to see people trying to teach about health and fitness and nutrition and they interchange eating disorders and disordered eating it makes me cringe because we're supposed to be the educators and um it's definitely time for everyone to understand that there is a difference and to un- know the difference so again keeping it very high level eating disorders something it's something that is diagnosed or diagnosable it has a full grasp on someone's day-to-day life you've probably heard of the most common ones like anorexia nervosa, bulimia nervosa, but there are also others like binge eating disorder, which was just officially added in 2013. There's one called OSFED or its initials O-S-F-E-D, which was formerly called E-D-N-O-S prior to 2013. There is also orthorexia there is another one called ARFID, A-R-F-I-D, and there are others as well, which could each be their own show. They deserve the attention, and hopefully I will get to that someday. But again, keeping it high level. So those are eating disorders. Now, moving on to disordered eating. This is something that is likely more rampant than many people realize, unless you've stopped to give it some thought. Or if you've read about it, maybe you realize. But it's often undiagnosed. Food is still the enemy with disordered eating or disordered eating habits. A lot of times disordered eating is just a bunch of habits or secrets around food that can or might eventually pave the way for a more serious, more destructive, diagnosable eating disorder. So hopefully that gives a little bit of differentiation. But most of all, the one takeaway from that is to make sure even if you don't fully understand the difference just know that there is a difference and that eating disorders the like using that term in itself should not freely be interchanged with disordered eating they are two different things so the second thing that i want to emphasize is that so much of the language we use around food is destructive and again i hope to focus on that in itself on another episode But all of these issues are about a relationship with food, self-worth, mental health, control and lack of it, love or self-love and lack of it. If I had to say one main thing, if you know someone struggling with any food issues is love them. They need that. Support them. And that doesn't mean to enable the issue. But reinforce to them that they are loved and they are valued and they are appreciated that's going that that's definitely the most supportive thing that you can do, whether you're a friend or a relative or a trainer or even a coworker is give them support um, and I'm going to give you resources at the end for um, next steps other than just letting them know that they're supported and loved eating disorders and disordered eating. Once again, notice that I'm calling them two separate things because they're not interchangeable, but oftentimes those are about a need for control. One of the worst and most destructive things you can say to a person who is struggling with their relationship with food is something like, just eat, or you need a cheeseburger. Those are such terrible things to say and if you say things like that you are part of the problem and I have heard and read these comments on social media I actually um long 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 time ago dated somebody who would talk about this girl he'd see at the gym and talk about oh she's so skinny I just want to tell her to eat a cheeseburger and I had a serious talk with him about don't you dare say that because You're part of the problem, and that's not how you approach things. So, again, that comes back around to approaching it with love. If you do want to say something to someone, if you suspect an eating disorder or disordered eating habits, it has to come from a place of love. If not, they will likely shut you out, and you might even make matters worse. They might be so hurt by an insensitive approach that they will go and take their issue to a new level. And I'm not saying that happens every time. But this is a it's a very sensitive issue to deal with. So you have to be sensitive if you're going to approach it approach it from any angle. If they do have a serious problem with food, those habits are their coping mechanism for whatever deeper issues they're facing, whether it's Self image or anxiety over other serious life issues, or maybe it comes stems from childhood abuse or relationships. It can stem from so many things, but it's not about the food. I can't stress that enough. I got to say it again it's not about the food. I think that all people should at least have that level of awareness and compassion. For anybody they might encounter who has issues with food. The third thing that I want to emphasize is that eating disorders and disordered eating need to be separated from body size. Always, always, always. So, again, I'm going to repeat myself eating disorders and disordered eating need to be separated from body size. What I mean by that is that it's time to get rid of the misconception that someone can be too too big or too skinny or too whatever. I don't even I don't even like saying the word skinny. I hate that I'm on record saying the word skinny because I think that word in itself is just uh I just I just can't I I don't feel comfortable even saying it. But it's time to get rid of the misconception that someone can be too whatever to be up against any type of eating disorder. Just because someone is underweight doesn't mean they're anorexic. Just because someone is in a larger body does not automatically exclude them from an anorexia nervosa diagnosis if they have those behaviors going on, whether the behaviors are visible to others or if they're completely done in secret. And that goes for all eating disorders and all body sizes. So again, to reemphasize that point, we need to separate any eating disorders or disordered eating habits from body size. Here's another example of that. There are countless fitness professionals who you could probably easily find on social media right now, who might have an eating disorder just because someone has a six pack does not mean they are a picture of health does not mean they don't secretly have issues with food and i'm not saying that every health professional has that but what i'm saying is you can't just believe everything that you see there are lots of fitness professionals who have come forward and said um you know, I've dealt with this in the past. And now I'm going to change things. Here's what I've worked through. Here are the problems I had, and I'm going to change for the better. And I think it's great when people can be that transparent. So again, it's important to separate body size from issues with food, they are not related. And yes, sometimes there's a correlation. But I think it's best to just go the route to not correlate them in your head. That way you're not you're you're less likely to contribute to any of the issues that come from our language and language that we sometimes carelessly use. Now coming back around to disordered eating, what does it look like? Disordered eating has a lot of gray areas and it can be tough to label. It can take many forms, but there's a good chance you might know somebody who exhibits some disordered eating behaviors. It can look like restricting food or counting calories or an obsession with being a certain weight on the scale. It might come, it might look like An irrational fear of carbs. It might be following a dogmatic meal plan or cutting out entire food groups. But that also doesn't mean that every time you see those things happening, that is disordered eating. That's not the case. If someone is doing those things for a reason, such as an athletic competition or working to reverse type 2 diabetes or working on personal goals with a well educated trainer, then there might not be a reason to worry. It's important to realize all of that, too. But if someone is obsessing over little quirks just because they that's just something they've decided to latch onto, and if it's starting to if other parts of their life are starting to revolve around that, then those quirks could be a sign of disordered eating. And um, down the road, I'd really like to dig deeper into things like orthorexia and more common. Disordered eating patterns, but I hope you found this informative and useful. And there, are, I'm going to add some trusted resources to the show notes, which will also be on the website page. And if you you can use those if you want to find a deeper level of professional help for any of these issues that I mentioned for you or someone you care about. These are all really important. And um, I've also listened to a few different podcasts and started reading more things about just like healthy body image and what we can do to be less destructive in these ways. And a lot of people that are doing positive things that I really think are great are not letting guests come on shows with if they talk about um, losing a certain number of pounds, because sometimes people can take that and they heard, well, so-and-so lost 35 pounds. So that's what I have to do. And I'm not going to love myself until that happens. And So I think it's great that there are some people who are like they they bleep out the pounds and the numbers from their shows or they just omit it completely. And I think that is a step in the right direction. Some of you might disagree with me, but I think it definitely serves a positive purpose. So that's what I wanted to share with you today. And like I said, there'll be resources in the show notes. I hope to go deeper on all of these subjects at a later time. Please subscribe to the FitFizz podcast if you haven't already. And if you've already done that, then please Shares it, share this with one friend who might find it valuable. Just copy the link and share it to social media or text them the link and I will love you forever for that. And it helps me out so much and the faster we can grow this show, the sooner I can start to bring on guests and do interviews and do giveaways and create longer and deeper shows for you. So until next time, remember that when life gets you feeling stressed, Breathe deeply, stay strong, and always find a way to celebrate victory. Celebrate victory.